The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight. We're joined tonight by a special guest, uh, Pennington Geis. Who's Penny. A, Penny. Penny, <laughs> who's a, a candidate for Ward 7 in the Northampton City Council. Here to talk about uh, some of that a little later in the show. Uh, and uh, also Sue Timberlake. Hey our, there. Usual holding down the suspect. right, the right <laughs> flank, our, our, our suspect Republican, and the uh, inimitable Mr. Roberts is once again producing everything and pushing the buttons. I wish I knew how to pronounce that word. Inimitable. <laughs> inevitable. <laughs> You're inevitable. Shooby doo bop bop. Unique. Shooby doo bop bop. That's close as I can get. <sighs> I didn't realize this was a scatological show. <laughs> we have a guest. Could could I resist saying very punny? <laughs> oh, okay. you, you could, but why Got bother? Him. Good On job. the show, why bother? Good job. <laughs> Look out, she's got a pun. <laughs> That's appropriate. So, uh, before we get into talking about the stuff, I do just want to remind you all that we love to hear from you. Our our listeners are an important part of what makes this show work, and uh, you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Uh, email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Twitter is at civilpoliticsfm, and Facebook is facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. That's our community there. Uh, you can also go directly to our website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, to listen to previous episodes of the show, some supplemental episodes we do, check out links and other things that we've posted, some extra content, things like that. Uh, genre is going to try and post links to things as we go along through the show uh, using the hashtag civil references. You can follow it more easily uh, on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I know he's checking uh, at very least the email, if not also the comments on Facebook and Twitter as we go, so that uh, you can uh, maybe correct us or comment or offer some insight as we go. As much as I can. As much as you can, yes. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, before we get into talking about the news uh, first, and then in the second half, talk about uh, what's going on with the elections in Ward 7. and. Uh, but Penny, uh, I just want to, listeners who are like, who the heck's this person? Um, so according to this little slip of paper that Sue handed me, uh, you used to be on the Board of Commissioners for Salinas County, Kansas. It's pronounced Salina. Salina? The, the, the S so is the silent? T- oh, the, the town is Salina. The county is Saline. That's probably my typo. Oh, okay. So it's Salina. So it's Saline County? Saline County. All right, Celine County. I was the first woman ever to be on that board. I bet there's some stories there. <laughs> I can't imagine why there would be. That seems totally unremarkable. <laughs> what? No, I have no idea what you mean. Uh, when was that, by the way? Oh, my gosh. Ancient history. That was before I moved here, so that was in the late 
80s, early 90s. Ah, okay. About the time I moved out here. Uh, you also, I guess, were, were you a student at the Kennedy School of Government? I was. I lost an election in Kansas and thought, okay, now I can go anywhere I want. <laughs> and so I went to the Kennedy School, which is the home of people who are out and you know, the, the out of counter, office. Countercyclical <laughs> um, institution. I had a wonderful time. I had classmates from 50 different countries who are all over the world doing amazing, wonderful things. And I had a great time. By the time the year was over, I was happy to be back in Massachusetts where I was born and decided to stay here. Mm. So, and you, uh, it says you, you've worked as a mediator. Is that uh, something you do currently, or? I, I am a volunteer mediator for the um, Medical Reserve Corps, which is uh, like a second responder to emergencies. Mm -hmm. And uh, it says Hatfield, uh, the Finance and Energy Committee? Uh, there were three committees, the Finance Committee, the Energy Committee, and the Personnel Committee. Ah, okay. That's that's that word. Sorry, Sue. Yeah, <laughs> I scribbled that in. That's it. Uh, I, I need to move the, the paper more. But I wrote in that I pencil. I refuse that to acknowledge <laughs> that I'm actually middle-aged. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, so, all, we all like to pretend that we're still just kids at heart. At heart, but it's the rest of me that's the problem. <laughs> I'm all still right. trying to have a happy childhood, so just ignore me over here. <laughs> I'll shoot spitballs at you later. Good. Perfect. So, all right. So that's that's something about who you are, and obviously you're interested in politics because a you're on our show, and b you're running for office. So um, it's been my life. So before we get into talking about that, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the the big news that's happened this the, horrible week. The 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 biggest. Uh, oh. well, there's, there's been a lot of, of horrible and disturbing stuff, uh, uh, which I don't know is getting enough attention. Like the way tensions are rising in Kashmir because the Indian government's rescinded a lot of the regional autonomy they had. There's no communication system right now, from what I understand. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, this can't possibly escalate to the world's first nuclear war, so that could be awesome. Well, Pakistan <laughs> did say that they're, they're not interested in doing anything militarily, but they're oh. out outraged that it's happened. So. But it is that, a They're not interested now. It's <laughs> a reminder to us that governments can take away our means of communication now that our communication is primarily digital. Yeah. Yeah, they did that during the Obama administration. They tried to work out a way that if they needed to, so that they could throw a switch. And, uh, you know, it was a big discussion in the um, intelligence community, sort of, if you needed to, how would you? Well, I, just to, you know, like, you, oh, you cut my internet connection, you close down the phone lines, and then if you don't pick up the mail, well, you know, really my ability to get out there and communicate with people is pretty limited. No, how just, much do we communicate by postal mail anymore really yeah uh the rest of you i don't know i it's a habit i try to i try to maintain oh good for you yeah well i, I, I moved you know, into a i'm a fancy lad <laughs> i moved into a neighborhood where people are actually out on the street corner in snowstorms and so it's it's really nice i had forgotten what a neighborhood can be like yeah and uh, people are concerned about one of our neighbors is on his you know he's at death's door and you know it's just it's it's a neighborhood. It's like an old-fashioned. Yes. Doesn't sound like New England to me. <laughs> I, I live in an old-fashioned neighborhood, too. Dour suspicion of your neighbors is the appropriate response. <laughs> we, we, if you talk more than three times a year, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> that's not Leeds. Yeah. No way. And I'm in Florence, and yeah, yeah 
and, but I think it's because they're cul-de-sacs where I, you know, where I'm oh, as that a cul-de-sac. You know, it's not a cut through. It's safe to, you know, mm-hmm. people are in the street half the time. And yeah, it's very different. Yeah. The, the, the streets I grew up on and the street I live on now, none of that's true. People, people can go by at some speed. So it's just a very different. One of, of the things when I first moved to Leeds that struck me is that you know, I mean, I've lived in New England. I've lived in a lot of places around the country. You lived in Kansas for many years. I lived. But New England maybe more than some other places. Uh-huh. You know whether your, everybody knows whether your grandparents were born there. But when I moved to Leeds, sure, there are people there, old people whose grandparents were born there. And they're like, oh, you love our village? Come on in. And they put their arms around you. Hmm. That's Leeds. Yeah, very welcoming. Wow. Totally blowing up the dour Yankee stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I approve. Anyway, but uh, that whole uh, question of like, how do we welcome people and how do we form connections with people? Um, how do we be good neighbors? Uh, we were recently talking about Mr. Rogers on this show. It's oh. sort of a live issue for me. I guess that was a couple of weeks ago now yeah. on the religion show. But um, that's kind of at the heart of the, the the most dramatic and sad news of the past week. The twin mm. mass murder shooting sprees. Uh, not well, They're not actually twin, but they happened on the same day. 13, 13 hours apart. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like less, yeah. Than, a, less than a day apart. Uh, it, first in El Paso, Texas, uh, by a white supremacist who drove all the way from Houston to commit these murders and the other by uh, uh, another uh, uh, pale complected person with a dangerous rifle who uh, opened fire in uh, downtown Dayton, Ohio, uh, a town that I'm, you know, noticed because my mom actually grew up there for a while. So she's like, wait, where in Dayton is this? And she's like, oh, I don't remember going there when I was a kid. And it's like, yeah, mom, you were six. So... (laughs) It was a bar, right? They were outside the bar when they I got... I think so, yeah. Mom wasn't <laughs> going to bars when she was six. She lived down the street from uh, apparently one of the Wright brothers or something. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what I have to say about the Dayton oh one? I am just yeah. so... I'm amazed how fast those police acted. I mean, they were, what, 24 seconds, they well, thought? they were right on the street. They, they were, were up, up, just up the road. But they only had handguns. They didn't have any body armor. They didn't really have weapons that were a match, and they went right... I mean, those, those they guys They acted were brave. like police officers. Yeah, yeah, they were really brave. Yeah. Really brave. And how you want a police officer to act. Absolutely. When you see it happen, you know, some of it's on the tape. It's like, oh, my goodness. You know, this isn't a movie. These are, you know, yeah. they moved right in. Well, uh, so kudos to them because it's certainly, I can easily understand the, the impulse to just, like, freeze in terror and... Duck behind a pole. Well, and and simple confusion. I mean, my I've never been in that kind of situation personally, but from everything I've read. And let's hope you never are. Yeah, that is very much my hope. But my understanding is like it's like one people tend to spend, you know, five or ten seconds just sort of going, wait, what's going on? Is this real? Are they? No, this is really happening. This isn't like a candid camera thing. Alan Funt isn't around the corner. They're not making a movie here. I just walked into it. So, Penny, weren't you saying you wrote, you did the ride-along with the police or something at one point? I did. Um, And I hope they never have to deal with anything like this. Yeah. This... I'll talk about that sure. in a minute. Sorry to interrupt. But I can't resist now that you've brought up the shootings, the just the most recent of these horrible shootings. 
say, like everyone else, I can't decide. I'm swinging back and forth between grief and fear and anger. The thing is, these are not easy problems. A lot of people think they have answers to this, but it's rooted in things that we have been dealing with for centuries. Racism is not new. Guns is not new. Hatred is not new. And solving this is going to take a great deal of determination by all of us. The simple part is guns. It seems to me that we should be treating guns like we treat cars. Everyone has to prove that they know how to use it safely. Everyone has to have a license to drive. The car has to be licensed. And there are state records about all of this that are shared across straight state lines. If you make a mistake, if you do something that is dangerous, you get a ticket and it gets on your record. If you do something that injures somebody, you may lose your license, you may lose your car. I think Nobody is saying, oh, I'm afraid the government is gonna take away our cars. I think we should also require uh, insurance coverage. Absolutely, that's the same thing we do with cars and we should do it with guns. And if insurance companies get involved, you can bet that they're gonna want people to know how to use it safely. Absolutely. Yes, harness the, the, the destructive, crushing power of corporate capitalism for a good cause, for a change. <laughs> yeah. You know. But um, we certainly have corporate interests mm -hmm. involved in maintaining our current, everybody has a right to carry anything they want. I went into Walmart a couple years ago, and there were assault weapons in our Walmart. I, I mean, they were clearly marked. Nothing, these were intended to be killing lots of people. These, nobody was pretending these were for target practice or hunting. The, the Walmart here? In the, the Walmart here. So I turned my cart around and I went up and talked to the woman at the customer service desk. She was astonished. She didn't know they had such things there. Mm -hmm. She said, oh, excuse me, I have to go look and see this. And within a month, they were gone. Mm. So, uh, you know, they still have... They have BB guns and BB guns and, and pellet yeah, rifles pellet. and that sort of thing. But no more assault ref weapons. Well, I think they still sell shotguns and other things like that, don't they? I don't really know whether they do. I haven't checked. There was no. an issue... But when I was looking, they didn't have shotguns. They just had these assault weapons. Mm -hmm. yeah. okay. There was a bit of a flummox. We talked to the yes. um, chief about it, the, the yeah. giving the ammunition. Because well, I think when Walmart took all, sent all their guns away, yeah. they were going to give the ammunition to Northampton. Right. And people had a lot of feelings about that. And, it, you know, they were going to use it for training. So, but anyway, it was just sort of on the same. Yeah. Well, and that gets into sort of the, the, the potentially thorny issue of should we be arming our police? Um, there are obviously plenty of reasons why we would want to have armed police uh, available, but do does the everyday 
police officer driving around on their car in a car or uh, walking around on the street or riding around on a bicycle need to be carrying a pistol. Uh, well, you know, of course, I don't know. Most of them say what yes, happens, but, yeah. I don't know what happens today. But in Britain, Great Britain, they no. typically did not carry guns. I'm. It's not the the issue to me with police is that they be well trained. And I am not going to jump out and say that we should disarm our police. That's, I'm, I'm actually not anti-gun. I'm a pretty damn good shot with a twenty-two, to tell you the truth. Hmm. Um, I've never shot I'll be any- careful what I say then. I've, I've <laughs> never shot anything but a tin can on a hay bale in the middle of a Kansas field. But I don't think the answer is not for there not to be any guns. I think the answer is for us to treat them like cars. I, I don't. I don't know that I, I. I'd say that the answer is no guns. I'm just, you know, do police officers going about their day, walking around the streets of Northampton, need a gun at a moment's notice, as opposed to like, yeah, there's there's guns in the squad car locked up in a in a box in the trunk, and they can get them out if they're like, oh, we're going to need a gun, but. Whatever. I, my, my crazy ideas about how to handle police work are, are really not the issue. I was just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I see there's different perspectives about that. And and, um, and certainly uh, I think the uh, I, I have no fault or uh, I don't fault at all the police either in Dayton or in El Paso for how they responded to these and two aren't you glad, terrible crimes. And aren't you glad they had guns? I am. Yes, sure. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and did e- they even, exp- even exp- in England, they have armed response units, though. You know? Yeah, in certain <laughs> areas, they have guns now. They carry them. Northern so, Ireland, yeah. still, I think. Because, yeah. you know, there was this whole thing yeah. about the but Irish not liking being occupied by a foreign army. Well, I was speaking more, you know, Northampton and London. Yes. And, yeah. In, in the UK. I, I, I don't oh. believe they have armed, armed uh, uh, officers with, with guns just wandering the streets. There's certain right, areas. Right now. Um, I mean, I think they might have a, have armed guards stationed by like the Houses of Parliament and things like that, you know, like the seat of government, just like you have armed Capitol Police here in Washington, D.C., but the palace, that's a bit different. The palace guards at least appear to be carrying Oh, guns. they are. They are. The queen is head of state. <laughs> you know, like that's the same way that like you have armed guards protecting the president's residence well, there's because folks, it's the president. There's folks around 10 Downing Street and all yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if that's a specific, like, like, could people go after the head of state? You know, could we get a Lee Harvey Oswald type who's like, I want to be famous? Then, yeah, absolutely. So but I that's did, a very different thing I from... I want to get off on guns, yeah. but just to make a point, so did our guys expect them to go to a church? Did they expect them to go to a bar? Did they expect them to go to a country music festival? This country's very different, and I, I worry if the police were armed, but we actually are here to talk to Penny. <laughs> <laughs> So I forgive me for inserting my two cents worth. <laughs> yeah, you should leave all the interrupting to me. <laughs> what else am well I here said. for? Honestly. Well said. Well said. Yeah, but it's an interesting thing because what do you do? As you said, it's very complicated, and it's and, and it's not a black and white and the, sort of. Well, yes and no. If you want to talk about racism, we're talking black and white. Well, yeah, and, and I didn't colors. mean that as an analogy. But that's a good that's, segue, nonetheless. That's a very... Yeah, I was just let that go. <laughs> that's a very <laughs> important my part. That's much more difficult than the guns. The guns are hard, but the racism is even harder. It doesn't mean it's not important. It is. It's, it's one of the most important things we have to work on in this world. 
is recognizing that we're all human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the Smith College, um, what, that summer, last summer, there was a young woman who was doing a summer internship sitting in the CAF, and they, they, they called the security on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a student there. Yeah. And, you know, she happened to have dark skin. And, you know, to this day, they're still trying to sort out, you know, why, why was she, you know, picked out of that. But, and Smith works really hard to, to, to work on those issues, I'm sure. Smith, the college. Well, it, the, the, uh, to, to be fair to the campus police or really any police department, when they get a call from someone saying, hey, there's somebody here and I'm suspicious or whatever, you should come check them out. Like They have to. That, well, uh, people would get upset if they didn't. Yeah. And and it's that's not the police officer's fault. Like what they do when they get there, if they don't go, okay, so she's just sitting there because she's a stu- – what? I'm going home. Stop calling us. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to my family up at Florence Bank. They um, yeah. apologized to us, the chief of police, because the bank called on my stepdaughter who was sitting in our car. Uh, but the police chief was mortified. Yeah, just mortified. Of course. That they, you know, yeah. being called on a woman with a small dog and a small child with keys to our car, getting in and out of it. It's like. <laughs> On a hot day. Yeah, and then they didn't give us the mortgage either, so, you know. <laughs> oh, that was a bad day. <laughs> yeah, that's you didn't. Right. You didn't want it from them anyway. Yeah, m- wouldn't have taken it, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's, that's a difficult thing because whoever did that made that phone call, they don't even realize that they're just looking through these lenses that are, that are discolored. Well, and that's why uh, I, I agree with you that r- racism is very hard to combat in society because it, the fundamental thing about it, the, the, the root of racism as a problem, is that it's based on a lie. And when one accepts, uh, you know, one calibrates one's view of the world with a, a lie that fundamental, the idea that, like, race is a thing that's a useful for understanding people, you know, like, it leads to all kinds of errors, and, and people resist having their worldviews changed. I thought that we were making progress until the last few years. I did too. I really believed it. I mean, in my, in my own life, you know, it was called a mixed marriage when I got married because my husband and I were both whites, but we went to different churches, ca- different Christian churches. Right. <laughs> and, and we were told we were going to hell. I mean, it was a big, big deal. That'd be now, a mixed marriage in Northern Ireland. <laughs> now... The same family embraces people of many different cultures and national backgrounds and religions, and we have vacations together. And every, that doesn't mean we never talk about race, but it's with love. It's, we have a great time. We love each other. And so I was hoping that this new generation had made a huge progress from what it was when I got married. I think the young people have. I think it's us, my, you know, the old farts. These shooters yeah. aren't that old. That's true. That's a good point. That's true. They're 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 young men in their in their twenties. I Go think ahead. Uh, it's it's important to to remember that um, there there are a lot of factors uh, going into uh, someone that decides to do this. Uh, actually, three hours ago, um, there was an affidavit that was just released. The shooter actually said that he was trying to target Mexicans. Yes. Um, in El Paso. In El Paso, yes. yeah. I, I had seen that. And I just posted that on the on the Facebook and Twitter. But the the but this is the same thing as 
um, people getting radicalized with uh, ISIS, basically. Like, they, uh, a certain type of person gets into a certain type of situation, their anger or whatever grows. But on the, for the most part, uh, and this is something I always believe, for the most part, I think that we are on a positive curve even now. Um, Do you think this is pushed I back from right. Obama being yes. president? You it, think yeah. that it's sort of no, no, no. The the Tea Party was pushed back mm-hmm. for Obama yes. being president. That was pushback. This is outright anger. Um, this is outright anger rage. because yes, rage because uh, the, um, privilege it has is starting to kind of slightly equal out. <laughs> Uh, and when you are privileged and you lose power, you feel persecuted. The people that are shooting are people that were not very, they were privileged because they were white. Yes. But they were not privileged otherwise. They were people who were full of fear. Well, they were also privileged because they were men. That too. And there's yeah. a lot you can get that away too. with because you're a dude. Especially a white dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're yes. the worst. It's, it's actually, <laughs> yes, very, that's a good point. I'm not kidding. It's a very different, yeah. a black dude does the same thing and he can be in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and also, you know, white men acting violently is something that there's a lot of so, sort of social uh, space for. There's like a lot of visibility for that, a lot of acceptance of that, and a lot more, you know, even when it happens, you know, it, it, not not in media or art, but like in terms of actual like interactions, um, there's a lot more acceptance of it, a lot more tolerance of it. And so it's easier for uh, a pale skinned guy with a gun to have uh, to get ramped up to the point where they're committing atrocities like that. And and note, for example, uh, uh, the uh, uh, shooter in uh, El Paso was arrested. You know, he he was arrested per, alive. And, and, been, and, right. Yeah. The guy today or yesterday in um, camouflage with an assault rifle going into a uh-huh. store. Yeah. The fireman took out his gun and held him at gunpoint until the police came. Nobody shot him. Yeah. And, you know, it's like if he was a black guy, yeah. you know he would have been shot before he well, even put his hands com- up. Compare that to what happened to Eric Garner. Because oh, yeah. remember last week we were talking about the debates and the call to fire Officer Pantaleo, who, you know, <laughs> strangled uh, Eric Garner to death in New York a few years on ago. On tape. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, on camera. We've all seen it. And... You know, what was Eric Garner? What did Eric Garner do? Well, he was selling loose cigarettes. But not that day. Well. <laughs> I, I, Allegedly. <laughs> I, even if he was, you know, yeah. like, who, who cares? That's like, give him a ticket. Oh, Michael and, Brown, the five-year anniversary today of Michael yeah. Brown. Yeah. yeah. It's all, it's rough. It's horrible. So we're still fighting our history. Yes. Yes, we are. Uh uh, oh, we're going to be taking a, a break soon, but I, did, I didn't want to uh, get started. Uh, but uh, one of the things that I also thought was interesting was uh, the uh, it's a lefty website, you know, uh, commentator site called the uh, the Young Turks. And oh, I know them. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, they uh, posted a, a sort of a follow up. You remember back in uh, June, uh, Congresswoman Presley, you know, Massachusetts Seventh, Ayanna Presley. Yeah. Yeah. So she was questioning uh, uh, some official at the FBI. I forget the fellow's name, but asking him about like, so what's this about black identity extremists? Uh, 
uh, <laughs> and the FBI being worried about them as a possible terrorist threat. Like, what? <laughs> like, what is that? Are you still using that? What's going on? And the guy said, "No, we that's don't use that." That's from the Black Panthers. I don't, I don't know what the 70s. heck that is. That's not that's that's not in my time, uh, but it's not a thing a term we use. So the Young Turks uncovered that, in point of fact, uh, it had been used as recently as 2018, and when the guy was definitely at the FBI. And more to the point, um, it's in one of the handbooks or something, right? Uh, <laughs> But unbelievable. Uh, it's also been uh, uh, replaced by a similar uh, 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 black you, racially motivated extremists you, to contrast with white <laughs> racially motivated extremists. Yes. Uh, you asked us about the wrong specific term. We don't use that that piece of jargon anymore. So, no, we do not use that jargon. Guess again. Yeah. yeah. Guess again. <laughs> Oh, that's um, that's something. I forget the fellow's name who leads the Young Turks. Sir, Sir uh, Cenk Yigar. Cenk, that's it. I mm-hmm. couldn't I couldn't remember his first name because it's very it's very interesting. It's Turkish, <laughs> yeah, which I, I do not pronounce well. <laughs> oh, get Stefan in to pronounce it for us. So. <sighs> what? You're not a fluent Turk. I am not. Young, old, or middle aged, I I'm no good at the Turkish. Um, though I do uh, I do like Kamal Ataturk's uh, uh, famous sort of. Uh, general policy motto peace at home peace in the world it's like oh, oh. sounds good yeah <laughs> it's much better than uh than the alternative so uh sorry so but I, that that sort of i think connects to the whole uh, whole another aspect of the problem of uh the 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 way violence the happens training. in our society is uh you know even the FBI you know even the the more professionalized federal law enforcement still has you know uh spends a lot of time staring at you know observing and trying to gather evidence about you know people of color who like hey you know what would be great if our society didn't kill so many black people <laughs> or other I people of color. yes me too <laughs> uh yeah sorry i guess i shut you down there <laughs> Is it a break time or? Well, we are coming up to a break. I don't know if we want to take it now, but okay. (laughs) So then uh, we're going to take a short break here on Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio. We're going to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. And uh, we'll come back with any final thoughts uh, uh, Penny or or Sue may have about that. But then move on to talking about uh, the less tragic and blood-soaked politics involved in the Ward 7 City Council election here in North End. At least, God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I've been out of town. I hope I haven't missed anything important. (laughs) So, don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical courses off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps do not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Nerd Night NoHo is proud to support Valley Free Radio, where a monthly speaker series featuring experts from the community talking about art, culture, and science. You can find us at noho.nerdnight.com. 
Football is a sport that unites fans, players, and coaches alike in a spirit of competition and camaraderie. Football season has come to our area, and while you're watching a game with friends or sharing in the excitement with family, be sure to celebrate responsibly. Never pick up the keys and drive if you've had too much to drink. And if you're 21, drinking alcohol is against the law. Remember, alcohol is different. Let's all work together to keep our roads and communities safe and have a winning season. This message is brought to you by your local beer distributors and this station. For the best in electro, new wave, funk, and dance, tune in to Subculture, Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Listen from your computer, iPad, or phone by tuning in to valleyfreeradio.org. Subculture, Friday nights, here on WXOJ. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. For all the best in Americana, check out Roots and More Tuesday morning from 7 to 9. From blues, folk and rock to Cajun, Zydeco and alternative country, Roots and More brings you emerging artists, new releases and older favorites. Tune in Tuesday morning from 7 to 9 on Valley Free Radio. The Lilly Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. Lilly Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on Internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lillylibrary.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. Uh, John was still running the board. Sue's still sniping in from the right. Snipe, snipe. And And I'm I'm still Penny Geis. And I love the title of your program, Civil Politics. It's perfect. It's so hard. It's a reminder to me to behave myself. (laughs) (laughs) We picked the name and have been on the air before the 2016 election, but it's been been hard. Yeah. It's really hard. People have, like you said about the tribes, that people talk across each other, and it's really hard to listen. You know, right now, people are scared. So, uh, Penny, uh, we uh, invited you here because... uh, most of the city council seats there uh, aren't uh, there aren't multiple candidates, right? Most of them are running unopposed. Is that and right? No, it's that there's two. This one has three, so there's like a preliminary oh, um, I see. race, and it's really almost like ranked choice. It's an interesting thing because it gets you down to two, right? So you don't yes, have one person right. split the vote. And right. Yeah, it's very interesting that Northampton does it. So, so Penny, you're running for Ward Seven, which is roughly what? I mean. Quick all of all of Leeds and nearly half of Florence. Okay. 
The good half of Florence. <laughs> <laughs> the part she's going to represent, maybe. So. <laughs> the, the place where I live. <laughs> and, and also where the studio is, I think. Yes, it is. Uh, so uh, the primary election is going to be on Tuesday, September 17th. That's correct. Uh, people can vote in Ward 7A at the JFK School and Ward 7B at the Leeds School. That's right? correct, yes. Aren't they both at JFK they no. this year? They're moving it? No. Oh, that's really important. I didn't know that. That's I thought why I should mention it. Yeah. yeah it used to be no, 7B has been at the Leeds School for a long time. Well, maybe some of the special there elections, is, there they are, combine it. There is another precinct from another ward that votes at JFK, but it's not Leeds. Hmm. Also, I should mention, uh, if you're interested in voting in this election and you happen to live in the appropriate district, uh, you can go to the Secretary of State's office here in Massachusetts. I think it's masselections.gov. I, I should have probably checked the reference again. Uh, and you can check your registration status. Make sure you're, you're listed in the right place, uh, uh, you know, and thus are eligible to vote. Uh, I'm not sure what the election deadline is, but even if you've missed the one for the primary, you can probably still get in register in time for the general election, which is going to be November 5th, Guy Fawkes Day this year. So, so or you can just pop city into clerk. the city clerk's <laughs> office. Pim Powers, Pim Powers. Sure, I suppose if you're, you know, feel like being adventurous and going out and braving the sun. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, exactly. The the link for uh, the election section of the Secretary uh, of State's website is in the show notes on every every one of our shows. So just look on our website under this show, or if you're listening on a podcast, then just check the show notes there. You'll find it. Excellent. So so Penny. Tell me, why do you want to be city councilor of Northampton? <laughs> Ooh, good radio voice, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how John patched that in. <laughs> it first occurred to me when last September, when a couple of people asked me if I would consider running. And my first reaction was, well, probably not. And then I spent two nights sleepless. That is not like me. Mm. Sleeping is one of my talents. Sleeping and eating, that's my real skill. Mm. And I thought there really are things I want to work for. I, I want to get involved, and some, there are things I want to do. So two days later, I called back and said, yep, I'm going to do it. Oh, very good. And now we have three of us. There are four over time have thought they might run, but one has dropped out. And that to me says that leads and Florence are really places where people care. There are three of us who have volunteered to do this work. And frankly, all pretty nice people. And it's a tough job. It's a tough job. And the pay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a paid position, is it? Uh, it is there stipend. is a stipend. There's a $7,000 a year you're stipend. Ah, so. so what do you get, 25 cents an hour or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah, calls day and night. Yeah. So we're hoping to have uh, your your competitors on later this month. But uh, what do you see as the main issues? You said there were two thi- one or two things that really kept you awake at night that you wanted to run on. What are they? Yes. Well, they're related, at least in my mind. Uh huh. One of them is to get uh, fiber optic broadband strung to every premises in Northampton. Wouldn't that be fantastic? This. I've b- I was standing out on the sidewalk in the rain in the summer. I'm <laughs> um, getting people. To s- we got over 500 people said that they would support it. 
who live in Northampton. And the city is actually interested in this. Mm. Was there a study committee? or well, did, that, Is that what you guys did? Is yeah, we, we've been supporting the city. The, uh, the city uh, chief information officer and the mayor are working on this. And our coalition, the Northampton um, Community Network Coalition, uh, is working with them. And so when you receive a survey this fall from the city asking whether you support this and whether you would subscribe to it, please reply to that survey because that will make a huge difference in whether we actually, whether it's feasible to go forward. And so this would be like a city-owned public utility kind of thing? Yes, exactly. Hmm. And it has the obvious advantage of giving everyone faster upload and download speeds. Mm -hmm. It also has the advantage of allowing us to use it for public safety, mm -hmm. for health care, mm -hmm. for electricity management. Mm. And this is a big issue to me. As, as hard as it is to think about anything other than violence after the last week's news, I still think the biggest problem we face is climate change. You know, all of these other issues matter a lot, but if we don't get climate right, the rest doesn't matter much. 2.6 cubic miles of, of ice melted in a single day in Greenland last week. Yes, that's even scarier than mm -hmm. mass shootings. Mm -hmm. So if we have fiber optic to everybody's home, then we can put in smart meters and we can put in smart appliances over time, not immediately, but we'll have the infrastructure to do that. And that will help us to manage our electricity load, mm -hmm. all of us individually, voluntarily, as well as when necessary at a citywide level, that we won't need to be using electricity in such high demand during peak times. Peak times are like those three days we just had that where we all nearly melted mm -hmm. and we all had our air conditioners on in the middle of the afternoon. If we had just cooled our houses down early in the day so that we could turn off the air conditioner between three and seven, that would have made it possible not to use those few most polluting and expensive plants. Oh, the coal fired, yep. That mm -hmm. shaves the peak. And so if we were able to do that with smart electric grid, that's a huge step forward that's even beyond the communication part of it. That makes sense. And certainly uh, the, the, the electrical grid across the whole country desperately needs to be updated. So that's Now, we wouldn't yeah. be taking electricity through fiber optics. I understood that, but just yes, one okay. of the things that's connected to the whole project yes. of like, if we can better monitor how people use electricity, we can better update our grid to serve people's needs, which I'm sorry, is just something that needs to happen. Yes, Part yes. of the in infrastructure deficit this country faces. So, Absolutely. So, Sorry, go ahead. Please continue. So, so I've been working on that, and I will continue to work on that whether I am elected or not. Yep. It's important. And the 
other thing that's really important to me, the second thing is to work on electricity directly. There, there is an effort now to bring electricity aggregation to this area, to Northampton, and would be nice if Amherst and Leverett, maybe what, some other towns. What is that? That is that there is a state law that allows this, and 20 years ago I helped write it with the help of Stan Rosenberg, hmm. uh, that allows towns to decide collectively that they're going to buy electricity on behalf of everyone in town. Hmm. Anyone can opt out. It's not mandatory. That's part of the law that anyone, everyone has to be given an option to say, not me. But most people will probably do it. They shave a little bit off their price. But more importantly, that profit that now goes to corporations could be retained by the city and used to build our own local green energy. And I would hope to build uh, battery storage mm -hmm. so that we could not only sh stop polluting so much, but we could also control our own future so that if there is a blackout, no, I don't mean if. So when the grid goes down. Which happens event once in a while to any system, yeah. It will. We should have enough redundancy that we can flip that switch and be on our own. So it's both helping climate and helping our sustainability in the mm -hmm. face of climate. Yep. That and makes a lot of I sense. Will, I will keep working on that also, whether I'm elected or not. That, that, those, I'm impressed. Those, are, those seem like very sensible and uh, interlocking positions. I see why you relate them. And both of those things are infrastructure. The job of the city is infrastructure. Whatever we think of as our um, most uh, desired lifestyle, mm -hmm. what, what makes life wonderful for us, we all rely on infrastructure. Yep. And we don't want to build our own roads or build our own internet system or, or, or create our own sewer system, although some people still have to yeah. in the hill towns the and septic, around, tank septic tanks and wells. But regardless of our general political values, we rely on the government and mostly local government to provide the infrastructure that lets us live the lives we want. Yep. So these two are examples of infrastructure, but so are our roads and bridges on a much less grand scale, I want the hotel bridge in Leeds to be restored so that we can bicycle across it and walk across it. It's hmm. not safe today. That's, yeah, safe bridges are a, a very basic thing. Uh, and, and roads and bridges are, are, are pretty much about the earliest kind of infrastructure. I mean, you know, what made the Roman Empire great or what made it possible? Roads. So, right. Yeah. Right. And, and why do we have, and why do we have the interstate highway system? 
Eisenhower. Uh, the Eisenhower. It's because <laughs> of Eisenhower. Yes, it's because of Eisenhower who saw the importance both for defense and for commerce yeah. to have the infrastructure that well, connects the country. Well, f- following the example of the Roman roads, like exactly. we can move troops faster. Well, we can move tanks faster. By the way, since we're doing that, people can also trade yes. more. So. <sighs> yeah, remember the good old days, the Eisenhower <laughs> Republicans? <laughs> and you know why the bridges are all the height they are over the interstate? Because mm. there's weapons that they have to be able to move underneath them. Oh, mm. that makes sense. Yeah, which our little bridge over here in Northampton, I guess, is too short. So, Well, you brought up Eisenhower. And so <laughs> no, you brought I, up oh, Eisenhower. I, I, I brought up the interstate highway, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but let me... I, I, have to say another thing about Eisenhower. Sue and I both like Ike. That's one of the things we agree <laughs> that's, on. That's good. He's too young, but because, he, I still liked him. Because <laughs> My dad liked him. That's good enough for me. <laughs> you know, I, I used to live in Kansas, just mm-hmm. 20 minutes from Eisenhower's home. Really? So I was able to go. That was uh, Abilene, right? He, yeah, I lived in Salina, but out in the country toward Abilene. Yeah. And yes, it yeah. was in Abilene. The man from Abilene. And so I was privileged to go to a uh, conversation with his uh, Attorney General Brownell oh. and Governor Faubus mm. and and um, the Brown, some of the Brown kids that had been part of mm-hmm. Brown versus Topeka, and a teacher principal in Little Rock, mm. and one of the girls that had been one of the first students in Little Rock. I got to hear them talk about all that. Mm. And Eisenhower made the decision to not have the federal government weigh in on behalf of the four states that were in that suit. Mm. And he talked to Faubus ahead of time and got Faubus (sighs) to agree to send in the troops to protect the kids going to school. Faubus decided... If he did that, he'd be a one-term governor, and so he didn't do it. Hmm. So Eisenhower sent the troops Had in to do it. protected yep. those yeah. Yeah. Yep, to protect those kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And remember, when he left office, in spite of his military career, he warned us mm-hmm. about the military-industrial complex. There's a, there's a reason why I, I admire Dwight Eisenhower. And oh, yes. Even as a lefty. <laughs> and oh, yes, by the way, he also defeated the Nazis. Yeah, see, that's that's also that's a strong cred for any left winger. <laughs> you know? Did I you mean, beat the Nazis? Yes, good. <laughs> so for the most has, part, where, apparently. Where's my party gone? The, the real question. But anyway, we sh- show me the left wingers who like Nazis, and I will show you people who aren't actually left wingers. <laughs> um, I just want to go back for a second. Can you uh, say again about the? Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I know. Um, it goes the, fast. Uh, uh, the fiber optic plan um is there a place where people can call or or write in in support of this they could write to the mayor just go on the mayor's go on facebook and make a comment on the mayor do you have a, like a facebook page. community that where there you is, organize there, there or is a website the, or there is a facebook community just and it's the web the the website address is northampton mass ma dot net the same as northampton mass dot gov except instead of dot gov it's dot net so Northampton, M-A, Northampton, M-A. Dot net. Exactly. 
And there's also thank a you for page, doing yes. this. Is something that I've cared about for a very, very long time. Oh, thank you. Uh, just um, yeah, making yeah. sure. Yeah, I I go off on this all the time. Uh, <laughs> making sure that everybody has high speed internet. Yes, this, um, everybody so can part access of it, it. Should be addressing the digital divide so yes. that every kid can do his homework at home. Everybody can apply for work. Everybody can apply for work. Mm-hmm. And. It also addresses things like net neutrality. Yep. Yes. It also addresses something like th- a portion of the user fees that people pay should be supporting local media with the FCC's coming out saying they may not anymore. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, people have abandoned their roles in government. Well, so. and that's one of the reasons why local infrastructure is so important, you know, like, and, and why yes. I think expanding it to a local broadband network is important. The same reason why it's important to maintain the road so it's easier for people to drive around. And, yes. And by the way, we should also, you know, like support our local schools because that's a, a very helpful form of infrastructure. Absolutely. And and our libraries. You, you want to know, just my pet issue, like if I ever run for city government, uh, if I ever became emperor of the United States, one thing I would really want is like, uh, Enough funding so that every town library is open, you know, at least 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Because, like, so many people use libraries. You know. So many people, like, the library is their gateway to the world. I go out for breakfast every morning, every every other Wednesday morning with a group of librarians. Yeah. They're awesome. I agree. I agree. So. So. We're almost out of time. So. so, Okay. So I have one more thing I'd like to say about both of these. That's why I wanted to. (laughs) Both of these pet projects of mine, Mm -hmm. I believe that both can be done without tax money. Really? These are user fees. They, you know, the sewer system is user fees. That's true. Water and sewer is a separate bill. Both of these can be supported with user fees. They should still be managed by professionals that the city hires they should Mm -hmm. but they don't have to increase our taxes ah so if you're like i don't want fiber optic broadband to my house all right you can opt out and you don't have to pay a user fee that's exactly right (laughs) and and i'm hoping that we can factor in a, a price that will allow that digital divide to be Mended. Well, and one of the one of the reasons why to to have a, a, to spread the user fees around, or or one of the arguments to use tax revenue is because then you know, folks like me who come from an affluent family and can afford like oh, an extra twenty bucks in taxes right, or whatever, right, fine, right. you know, can make it so that we can we can support the 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 people who don't have extra cash but who would greatly benefit from it. Good for you. It's well. I don't believe in charity. I believe in investing in my fellow Americans. And it kind of looks the I same. I love that. But it's a very different attitude towards it. Yes. You know? So let's do it. Thank you. I agree. So we do, we're, we're approaching the point where we do have to actually wrap up. So once again, uh, uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Penny? Geis. Penny Geis. Rhymes with nice. Ah. Unless I'm mad at you. And <laughs> then it rhymes with ice. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Penny's running for uh, Ward 7 City Council here in Northampton. Uh, the primary election that you're actually on the ballot for with two other people, who will be on the show later this month, uh, each for their own night, but is Tuesday, September 17th, so that's a little over a month from now. Uh, 
And uh, you've got a website people can check out if they want to know more about you or anything like that? Or? Just, just Google Penny Guys or Pennington Guys. Either one should work. All right. Okay. So do that. Uh, Geis is G-E-I-S, by the way. Um, uh, email will also be on our show notes for the show. Okay, right. great. So, uh, uh, well, good luck to you and the others. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so we, we much. We don't take sides, but... Both for having this giving me this invitation to come in and talk but also just for the whole concept of civil civil politics that is so important well thank you the having you on was entirely sue's uh, uh idea she made the whole thing happen thank i was you, like sue. whoa what and she's like <laughs> primary election I'm like okay so so kudos to you sue well you. politics and, and the ability for people to know who the people are is so important it's just a really important you, function yeah. it yes. really is that's what radio stations are for yes yep i agree so we do, I'm getting the, the, the yoink sign, so very quickly, uh, this is it for civil politics. Coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents, and then OK Asia here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, we will have a podcast of this show uploaded to any kind of podcast service we can find, uh, hopefully over the weekend. And uh, we are still doing repeats Mondays at 4 p.m., so if it's Monday afternoon and you hear us, that's why. Uh, thank you all for... Li- this show will run itself 4 p.m. this Monday, right, so they can hear exactly. it Exactly, yes. <clears throat> so, uh, and don't forget to, to vote in September 17th if you live in Ward 7 in, in Northampton. Thank you all for listening. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening. <laughs>